Oh my god, dude! I'm so fucking mad about this. You can't have an opinion other than. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Blake Street Banter, where one of us knows what the word banter means, the other two are just along for the ride. James, say hi. Hey. Kirk, say hi. Yo, what's up? What up? What up? So we are back on the Lolo, right? We just got swept. Hate that word. Absolutely hate that word by the Padres. Um, we were competitive two of the three games. We just never figured it out. I think it shows that we did not do enough at the deadline, <laughs> uh, especially when it comes to our bullpen. Because I mean, and that's that was kind of obvious, but it's just getting out of hand at this point where it's hard to really have a whole lot of hope going into a postseason, even if we make the postseason with that kind of bullpen, like how, are, how do we really plan to make a run? The worst part about it is that you start off the season, the best record that you've ever had as a franchise and you have a shortened season and now you can't even make the playoffs when the playoffs are extended by the number of teams that are invited. So it's just like extra painful. It just hurts. What would you equivalent it to? Like, if you were to hurt an appendage or something on your body, what would you equate this feeling? I have the perfect analogy, I guess. Ooh. This is like you going and buying a scratch ticket, and you found out that you won $300, maybe $400, okay? You would consider that a good day. But on your way home, your appendix bursts. And then you have to drive crying one-handed to the hospital by yourself with this lotto ticket. So, yeah, you can still cash the lotto ticket, but, you know, the medical bill is going to cancel all that out pretty quick, right? Wow, that's, that's like, kind of disturbing to think about. The fact that he won a lottery ticket or he has an appendix? Well, it's just like, it just sounds, I don't know, man. It's a lot of negativity there. But it's kind of – it's 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 valid because <laughs> I mean it's right on point. if you think about it it's pretty much the same team as we had last year and we were like 20 games under 500 so I, I it's just, just kind of like we had false hope because we got on a good run but this is kind of this is the team <laughs> I don't know but at the end of the day you, you could just get hot at the end and win it all so that's baseball. I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start calling Kirk a spatula because just always flip flopping. I just, I just think out, out loud. So <laughs> <laughs> last week or last recording, it was our bullpen. We got it. I'm, I'm, I'm all in on the bullpen this week. Our bullpen sucks, man. I don't know what to do. We have the same team as last year. Here we go again. So here, everybody, this is Kirk Spatula um on on the mic now but everything you guys are saying is completely true like we're riding high and i do think that is part that we are i mean we're not that good but the padres are just a fantastic baseball team right now like at what point in their lineup are you scared like when they get to cronenworth or like not scared sorry sorry joshua when are you not scared um as soon as they get to Cronenworth, like who's their 
six hole, seven hole. Like they have a deep lineup. Their pitching staff is fantastic, and they're. I think they're just a solid team. I think the really annoying part is that like they're having fun doing it. You know, like you go out there and you see people like Nato and Story. Story's pretty emotionalist for the for the most part. You just don't see a lot of fire or like fun. You know, and even when Nato's out there and he's he's raking and and getting the big hits he doesn't look all that happy and so just like it's not fun even when we're when we're good and the Padres uh contrast to that constantly just having a great time loving baseball and it's it's fun to watch them and it's just sad in contrast to watch us just kind of try to scrape by and it really shows what can happen if you have an active GM that has a good idea of what he wants because he's made a lot of good moves. I mean, they, uh, getting Tommy Pham was a great pickup in the offseason. And then all these moves that they made at the deadline, like that, that team just got really stacked pretty quickly. so nice like go back to our last five episodes we talked about the gm every single time it's just nice to have a good gm i if only we knew what that feeling was like i really don't think i've ever had that feeling it's just do you remember do you remember what it was like though before brightage like even <laughs> we were hating Dan Dow so bad like for years and years we wanted him out and then finally change happened and we we're excited that at least like somebody could shake shake it up a little bit and you know Bradditch made some moves but unfortunately they just weren't the right ones and now here we are saying the same stuff again I wonder I wonder how much it comes down to the owner though because I just feel like the owner doesn't want to put any money into the team and this is like it's like Bradditch can't even do anything if even if you wanted to that's but at the same time we have a lot of wasted money on these giant contracts with bad players so it's it goes both ways so are you telling me that the owner is running it like a business where he's just trying to maximize the profit for himself and doesn't give a shit about the on-field product <laughs> exactly yes that is what i'm saying especially um, when like the rockies fans i mean we might not be a lot of them but we show up and we we sell tickets so um that's it's like why why do we need to put more money into the team if people are still supporting so i'm going to challenge this conversation here so i just did a quick google search uh the rockies are below league average on average 28 man roster salary by 1 million we are spending 37 million dollars on a 28 man roster okay now here's the here's the here's the weird fact there are teams below the rockies that have less payroll that are in very very well playoff positions want to hear those teams yeah oakland athletics duh cleveland indians minnesota twins toronto blue jays the toronto blue jays have a 31 million dollar uh salary this year seven million dollars under the league average yeah, uh, I mean, something can be said for all those teams, like the Twins, that's good farm system. Um, same with the Blue Jays. 
that's just kind of it kind of goes back to it does go both ways but um if you have more money at your expend uh disposal um you you have more ability to kind of make mistakes and move on from them instead of like well now we gotta wait until ian desmond and murphy are off the books before we can even try to do something and right on to your point, all the 13 teams above the Rockies in the upper upper half of the average are all playoff teams except for the Angels. So it does, I would say, I would argue that it does to help to pay money, right? Like, well, and the Nationals, sorry. Sorry, Josh. The Nationals are also up there on payroll that aren't going to make the playoffs. So – there is a thing. There is something to this. And Bud Black is I've seen a lot of talk that Bud Black's got to go. Like, what do we do with Buddy Black? But at the same time, what does Buddy Black have to work with? Yeah, I mean, I don't have an issue with Bud Black. I don't think that he's he's the problem. I think it comes down to we're not putting – like, at the deadline, like, something has to change. Either we need to open the door up for Breidich to make more moves or Breidich needs to do his job. What it comes down for me is that when you bring up the disparity between these teams and how much money they're spending and how successful they are and all that stuff, I mean, what's that come down to? It comes down to scouting departments, right? So I want to know what's going on in the scouting room. I mean, as a fan, you don't have any clue what that looks like or who's doing what. And in baseball and professional sports in general, it's usually just nepotism. It's like a guy that knows a guy who's a friend of a guy who knows a little bit about the game. So they get hired as a scout and so on and so forth. So I'm just wondering what's going on in the scouting room. And if somebody has, you know, the balls or the fortitude to, to pull the trigger and like maybe get somebody new in to, to head that up or, or do something. I mean, clearly we need to shake up at some point, but just staying stagnant and acting like, the status quo is working is, is uh, not the case. Clearly it's not working. Sooner or later, Nolan's leaving Trevor, Trevor story might hang out and he might not. So like, why are we showing up to watch at a certain point? You need to put a winning product out there more than four or five years out of the last 25. Like, like you said, the scouting department, has to show up the money has to show up it all has to connect and that's what these good teams are doing they're all connecting look at the blue jays what was it five years ago they spent a lot of money and made the run but the scouting department has also put them where they are now you got all these young guns doing their thing doing it great because their their whole system's cohesive like they're all working together and this whole the Rockies just don't seem to be on the same page at all, or they are on the same page. It's just, it's the forward instead of chapter one. Like we're a little bit behind, behind the times right now. And it's very, very frustrating. What, what we've been dealing with since day one. And it's, it was like the same with O'Dowd. He would just do the bare minimum to, to get like, he'd sign Todd Helton to like a big deal, keep him here. As long as we have, like, one franchise player to keep fans interested, that's all they do. And it's the same with Nolan. Like, they signed Nolan. I'm worried about Story because I don't think that we'll even be able to re-sign him. 
I mean, as a fan, like, you absolutely love seeing that player there for that long, right? Like, we all love Todd Helton because of that. Like, we got to see him grow. We love Tulowitzki for as long as he was with us, right? And you love that as a fan, but at the same time, like, we're okay if you, you, you get rid of some people to bring in winning talent for a few years. Like, winning we products need, we keeps need, fans. We need a year, like, every – even if it's just like every three or four years where we just, we make a run. Like we, we push for, we make big signings, big trades and go for it. And we just don't really seem to do that. We just get our main pieces and hope everything clicks one day. Yeah. Um, just watching the players and the observations that I can make is like, so no one Arenado obviously like prioritizes winning kind of over everything else in what he wants to do as a player. And I respect that. And that's why he's pissed off all the time. And he's not necessarily happy, even though he's the elite kind of guy that he is. You look at a guy like Trevor story, Trevor story just plays hard and goes out there and he looks content, whether we win or lose the guy's emotion is pretty much the same. Right. Um, and so you just, there's a difference between players and what they want, you know, even though no one's at Coors Field where he can be an elite hitter for the rest of his career because of the park he plays in, he doesn't necessarily want to do that because he wants to win, right? Trevor Story looks like he's fine doing that. And you look at a guy like Todd Helton. Todd Helton's a Hall of Fame player who could have at any point said, I want to be traded because I deserve that. And they would have had to agree to that because of the type of player he is. But he never wanted that, even though they were losing year after year after year after year because he was happy where he's at, win or lose, he's content being a Colorado Rocky. And there's something to be said about that and something to be respected about that over the competitive side. We all want to win. Yes, we do. But I don't know. As a fan, I... I feel more loyal to the guys that are loyal to the organization, even though I don't agree with what the organization is doing. If that makes sense. It's the, it's the long tail. Um, it's, it's the conundrum of being a fan, right? Like it's, I love this team. I love the players that stick for it, but I also want the organization to do their thing. And it's just, you know what it is? It's, it's hard, man. I have Stockholm Syndrome. I've been kidnapped by the Colorado Rockies organization, and I've fallen in love with them, and I just want to stick around and see them do well, even though they've kidnapped me and I can't do anything about it. And the fact that we had that, that feeling of the World Series playoff run, like three, two, three years in a row, like we are just the team, we're good, and we haven't had that in 13 years. Like – the last few years that we made the playoffs, like, yeah, we made the playoffs, but that's because they extended the wild card. Like, it wasn't like a team that was like, all right, well, this is it. We weren't facing the Red Sox in the World Series a few years ago. We were doing that 13 years ago. And we've never felt that feeling again. Like, once you have success, you, success that's all you want, right? So, we need that. And the moves and stuff being made aren't being made for us fans. Or people like Nolan or, or Story, like, I don't know. It's yeah, just, yeah it's, it's, it's like, the, it's the same stuff. I mean, the Todd Helton, we, we locked him up. And then after that, it was Tulo and Cargo. 
lock them up, but we're not building around them very much is the issue. We get stud players that stick around, but we don't do anything about it. And that's why and it's frustrating for other fans too, because they see like Nolan Arenado, but we're finishing, you know, 20 games under 500. It's just like, they, they want to see that. Like same with Trout too. People are like Trout's wasting his career, but I don't know if you're getting paid $40 million a year. <laughs> yeah. Hard to argue with that. <laughs> At least they're like they're spending, like they're trying, but their players just aren't performing. But it's frustrating on the other flip side of that is like watching a team like the Tampa Bay Rays who have a smaller budget than the Rockies. And here they are just tearing the AL up. Like, how do we do that? Like, I want to do that. And Oakland has been doing it for so long too. Like this, this idea, like we have this core, these three or four players, we got them. And then we're just going to bring in the old veteran presence on these one year, two year contracts. And this will do it. And I don't know. Maybe it's the fact that altitude hasn't been figured out yet, like how to pitch in altitude and all this. I don't know. It's a whole bunch of question marks, but either way, make me feel good, GM. Make me feel good, owner. Like, don't sit up there in your ivory tower and not do anything for me. Your job is to do something for me. I am being selfish as a fan. I deserve that as a fan. Like, I should see effort and love into the team that I'm watching literally every single night. I've not missed one game this, this year. So it's like, what are we doing? We've been playing at altitude for 30 years. Are you telling me there's not enough analytics? There's not enough experts. There's not enough insight for you to figure out what works and what doesn't. I mean, get on, get on Reddit. They'll tell you exactly what it is. I don't know. Reddit. Reddit will tell you a lot of shit. Get Billy, assistant GM, get Brad Pitt in here. Let's figure it the fuck out. <laughs> Let's do it. Let's go. So we, we're feeling, we're feeling a little, we're a little salty, I guess you could say right now after that Padres series. Um, just watching that series, every time it seemed like the Rockies did something, the Padres just countered immediately. Like, the Trevor Story solo leadoff, the Nolan Arenado three-run bomb. like, And then as soon as that happened, Padres are there doing their thing. And it was just – you never could get excited about it because you knew what was going to be next. It's just so frustrating. You never made them grind for anything. Like, none of their at-bats, none of their runs, they never had to grind to chip away or anything like that. It was just an instant – felt- and then we're back to grinding, back to trying to counterpunch. It felt like they were in control the entire time. Like they were grinding out 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 at bats, but they were in control of those at bats the entire time. Exactly. Um, so I don't know. We struck out what eight times, eighteen hundred times against Zach Davies last night. Like, I get it, but what are we doing offensively? Why yeah, are you striking out so damn much? That's what's strange to me is, like, why is our offense so stagnant all the time? Our, like, we – and it's, like, McMahon's not hitting and Dahl was bad for us. And it's just, like, where? why are the, all these players having bad years right now? 
Because if, if everybody was rolling at the same time, like this offense would be carrying us and we wouldn't even need a bullpen, you know? The worst part about it is watching somebody like Davies, who for the most part, pretty predictable. He's obviously an elite pitcher. He's a major league guy. But, I mean, he's topping out at 90 miles an hour on the fastball, and his bread and butter is the changeup. So he's get, his out pitch is the changeup. Everybody knows that. Everybody in the Rockies dugout knows that. So why can't we make the necessary adjustments to put the ball in play and grind out some runs? And they just couldn't do that. And he just kept going back to it and is working and working and working. And we made no adjustments. That's the frustrating part. I think that's the biggest thing that's changed since our 11-3 and three run. It's – whatever has happened in those first 14, 15 games, the patience, the, the battles at the, at the plate have gone away. Like you see Charlie Blackman's average going down. You see Nolan staying around 220. It's because all that stuff we were doing at the beginning of the season has gone out the window minus Tapia. Right? Like, I don't know what's happening there. Like, why aren't we going back to those basics? But the at-bats just seem completely different than they did at the beginning of the season. There aren't fouling off pitches. They're not trying to get to the next pitch. They're just taking what they have, and they're grounding out. They're flying out. They're chasing it. And Daniel Murphy is swinging at every little low slider that he possibly can and missing it by 20 miles. So it's – what are we doing offensively? If I'm a hitter yesterday against Zach Davies, like, I'm obviously going to just sit on the changeup. Okay, throw me a fastball down the middle. Throw me a curveball on the outside corner. I don't care. If I'm down 0-2, I'm still sitting on your changeup, and I'm just going to wait till you bring it to me because obviously that's what you're doing. That's obviously where you're going to bring at some point. So I'm just going to wait for it. And they just, like, were too stubborn to want to do that as, as an approach. And we get it. It's, it's easier said than done before you start chirping at us fans because three of you, but it's, it's, um, it's, you're a professional athlete. Like you should be able to foul off pitches. I was able to do it when I was 16 years old. Like you should be able to do it as a professional athlete at the highest level at 25. So our hitting needs to be figured out. Like you said, our hitting should be saving our bullpen. Like we shouldn't have to bring in Mejia in his very first career start with bases loaded in the first inning and hope that he gets out of it with minimal damage and not, not feel good about countering that. But we never had that. I felt so bad for him. He's coming off Tommy John surgery. First pitch since the surgery throws a strike. They save the ball. Next pitch is a grand slam to Will Myers. And that's how you're welcome back in the league. Like that's not a situation to be successful. And that's not a situation to put that, that type of guy in. It's tough. Bud Black should have known better. It's Will Myers against the Rockies. Like you should have just saw that and go, no, Chi-Chi, just do one more at bat, please. You just do this. We don't need to break Mejia's, Mejia's uh, ego right now, confidence right now. Just keep him in there for one more at bat. That was one Bud Black move I didn't agree with at all. I would have went moving past that. Moving past that. We're moving. We're going on. We have the Angels coming into town. Winnable series, right? We just talked about how much money they're spending. We get it that who they have on their team. But this is a winnable series, especially who they're putting on the bump. We and have I, to win this series. <laughs> like – if we're not going to win series, I mean, we 
we won that Dodgers series. But, like, if we're not going to win series with NL teams and division teams, then you got to take advantage of these low-end AL teams. It has to be a sweep. has to be. The sweep gets us above 500. And keeps us in that playoff hunt. And I think it's doable. We are facing Canning, 4.5 ERA. Barria, 3.3 ERA. And Haney, Haney with a 4 ERA. And they haven't been pitching in Coors. So, like, it's doable. It should be doable. But they also have Mike Trout, Anthony Rendon, Shohei Otani, Pujols, Justin Upton, all these studs. Will Coors Field allow those studs to be studs for three days? Uh, Trout, yeah. I mean, <laughs> you can just chalk it up like Trout's going to have a good series. But um, I don't know. I mean, they, they got an offense. But I feel like our pitchers, will, well, at least starting pitchers, will have an advantage. Um, and hopefully they can put in some work so we don't have to go to that bullpen till late. We need solid outings from our starters, for sure. Like, we have to get six at minimum from each one of them and just get us to the seven, eight, nine, and just minimize damage. Like, you know there's going to be damage, so do what we can to, you know, slow those players down. And this dude, Fletcher, and – oh, no, yeah, it's Fletcher. He's been a stud this season coming out. Joe Adal, I'm excited to see him play. This is a star-studded lineup. Like, this is – this is going to be fun baseball. Hopefully we kick yeah, they, all, they always got a, a good roster, but it just it never really clicks for them. And then some of their main guys always get hurt. And then it's, But they always got good players. Are we happy right now that we're not Angels fans? Like, what is worse right now, being an Angels fan or a Rockies fan? Um, I don't know. I'd probably, I'd probably take the Angels – as being like in a better position because at least you know you got a GM that's gonna spend. I don't know, man. That's tough. I mean, we made the playoffs in 2017, which was cool, but you never knew we weren't gonna make a deep run. Everybody knew that. Um, what was it? 2017, we rock. We lost to uh, the Diamondbacks. 2018, we lost in a one-game playoff against the Brewers. Is that right? So. Well, just think about it this way. Like, we are having Nolan walk and not re-signing Story from having nothing. Because Blackman's almost gone, you know. He's, he's only got a couple years left. So, like, if Story and Nolan leave, like, we don't have a farm system either. So. And we're not spending money to bring in other players. Well, you know, we got Story for two more years. Yeah, story, pretty much story, Arenado and Blackman just basically say, like, we got two years left and either we make some moves and get some good good people in here that can help us win or all those dudes are gone. Well, and see, that's the thing that I think is the difference because Nato wants to win. I, I absolutely think he's going to leave to want to play for a contender, but I think think Story and Blackman are actually just content, just like balling out with Coors and staying there. Like, they don't really necessarily care about winning all that much. Just like Todd Helton, like, yes, he wanted to win, but, like, 
he still was going to be loyal to the organization and just stay put because they love Colorado and they love Coors. Where Nato is just like, fuck this. I want to go play for somebody that's going to win a championship. Right, she needs to spend. Right, it's spin your spin, Monfrot, Monafort, Mana, Mana, you suck. Dude, spend money. All right. Rockies, Doom and Gloom, we're done. Padres are good. Angels, we're going to sweep them. We'll be above 500 in three days. Suck it, Joshua. This week in baseball. What a week. Well, this half week in baseball since the last time we recorded, which was like three days ago. If you haven't seen or heard that episode, go back to episode 10. You'll see it. What is going on in baseball? What do we got? Uh, well, I wanted to bring up Clayton Kershaw in the news. Uh, calling, uh, call, calling at what? <laughs> Dodgers, man. I'm sick of the Dodgers. They're fans, yeah, but so. it's not even really about that. It's okay, the, good. He's calling out the over, or <clears throat> excuse me, the extra innings rules, basically saying it's not real baseball, putting a, a runner on second every inning, and uh, which I I agree with. I think it's kind of cheap in a way, um, but then it's slow pitch it, softball. Yeah, it's like it's we're we're adding like backyard rules in it. I just I don't understand it, but. Um, that's kind of why I wanted to bring it up was just to see what you guys thought about that. And then uh, Dave Roberts went out and said he likes it. Um, this is what he said. He said, I didn't know how it was going to play out and how it was going to be received, but as we've had some runs with it, I really like it. I think it really shortens the game. It adds strategy for the fans, the managers, the players. I think it's playing out well, and our guys have done a really good job in the situation. I like it permanently. I don't like it for the postseason. And, uh, okay, so you, you like it because you've been winning with it. And, and uh, you go home sooner. Okay, congratulations. Just, like, just to cl- clarify with it, the ex- extra inning rule is only for regular season, just going in, into the conversation. But, um, yeah, I just thought it was interesting because it seems like managers are leaning towards liking it and the players don't like it. I would Dave Roberts, man. Everything you said is true. I love it as a fan. There's strategy. It brings back a little bit of NL baseball. It makes the game quick, quicker, shorter. Like, I'm going to miss those, you know, those far and few between 18 inning games. But give me something to be excited about as soon as the 10th inning starts and all the pressure is on and, like, your competitive edge has to show up. Give me that all day. Give me that all day. I don't. The thing that really bothers me about it, though, is, like, you, you're scoring a run and you didn't even do anything to get on base. And that, that's what bothers me about it. And then, like, it, I guess if you're the home team and you shut the away team out that top of the inning, you kind of earn the right to have an advantage. But you could just easily win that game without even hardly putting the ball in play, you know? But that's baseball. That's how the Padres won on three days ago, four days ago, right? They barely put the ball in play, and they figured it out in the ninth inning, like traditionally. But they yeah, still – that's how, that's how you should do it. You don't get to inherit a runner on second base and then manufacture a run. Like you should – even, pl- even playing field, right? 
yes, it's even, but at the same time, like, no, it's it's just not traditional baseball. It's not baseball. Kershaw's right. Oh. Baseball. It's slow pitch fucking old man softball. <laughs> You're a baseball it, right over America, aren't you? It's not going to vote for Jeter having, to get in. It's interesting having all these like kind of wonky rules this year because I mean, like I went out and said, I like the short season and the expanded playoffs, but I don't like this extra inning stuff. But Aaron, you like the extra inning stuff, but don't like the expanded playoffs. So it's just kind of interesting how uh, polarizing some of these rules are. It's fun. I, and all of it is chaos, and I'm always down for chaos. Give me more chaos, I'm all in. And this is chaos. Right, James? I need you to perk up a little, man. You're all sad and gloomy over there. Ah, uh, man, I'm, I'm about to sound off here in a minute. Ooh, <laughs> building up. So I'm going to go next. My weekend baseball. Do you guys see the Braves score 29 runs in a game? So 29 to nine, this was a day after they got shut out by the Marlins, eight to zero. And so I stole some facts from uh, the well-written article, mind-blowing facts on mmld.com slash Braves. Um, so some things that stood out. This was the most run since 1929 ever scored in a game. Never before seen score in two decades. So no score has ever shown up in the last two decades of 29 to nine. Duvall's three homers. He had three homers in this game. He did it eight days before for the first time in his career. So he's had two three home run days in a little over a week. Nine RBIs for Duvall in a game. That was the most since 2018, uh, July 2018. And guess guess who hit it? Ex-Rocky, ex-National. Reynolds. Mark Reynolds had the nine RBIs in a game in 2018. And this is a crazy fact. Duvall is the first person to ever hit a home run in this order. So specifically this order, a two-run home run, a three-run home run, and a grand slam. And then a fun little fact, last little bit. 18 runs of the 29 were from home runs. Tied the record. It wasn't even the record. 18 of the 29 were scored by home runs. As bad as we got slaughtered by the Padres that night, we are still are not as bad as the Marlins that day. And this was on the same day that the Tigers got shut out 15 to zero. That's pretty crazy. I, I don't, do you have the box score up? Cause I'm curious how many at bats these guys were getting, putting up 29 runs. They probably came to bat eight times that game. Eight, probably, probably even more than that. Box score was, each batter was getting six to seven at-bats. Duvall only had six at-bats, two of them being walked. So he had four official at-bats with all those numbers. Wow, that's actually quite a bit lower than I thought. I figured they at least have to be going through that lineup. They scored, those 29, they scored those 29 runs on 23 hits. I'm really pissed because I could have picked him up on my fantasy team. And I, like, saw him on the waiver wire, and I'm like, maybe I should pick him up because a lot of teams are. I said, nah, it's just because he hit three home runs the other night. And then he does it again. Isn't that what happened to uh, Scooter Jeanette, like, three years ago, two years ago? He was really hot for, like, that week and, like, got himself a contract and just kind of fizzled down. I think he hit four home runs in the game. Yes, that's what it was. Yeah. All right, James. 
What's your This Week in Baseball? I just want to give a shout-out, a big big rest in peace to Roberto Clemente. Okay. Um, he's, he's the first – so his first home run ever was an inside-the-park home run. He ended his career, I mean, obviously, tragically – right on 3,000 hits exactly, which is kind of ominous. And then um, he's the only guy in MLB history that hit a walk-off inside the park grand slam, which is just That's awesome. Just a crazy stat line. Um, so. Yeah, rest in peace. Like, you want to talk about a true baseball legend, he's right at the top of that list. Well, and the reason I brought it up is not just because he's a baseball legend, but because of what he did for other people. Um, he died delivering aid to Nicaragua after an earthquake. And the first three aid shipments that got sent there got intercepted by corrupt officials. And so he decided that he was going to ride on the fourth trip down there to make sure it got delivered to the poor people that actually needed it and ended up tragically ending his life. So it's just you know, a guy that's on top of the world goes out of his way to make sure other people are doing all right and tragically, you know, loses his life. So, um, I, I mean, I think that alone, you know, obviously deserves a ton of gratitude and respect, but what he did on the baseball field as well is, um, you know, he didn't have to do that and he did. And I think that's kind of the magical thing about it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's what I meant too. Just like at overall legend on and off the field, like he he will always he should be on that Mount Rushmore of baseball. Yeah, and it's really cool that um, they started letting Puerto Rican players uh, wear his number. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, that was cool seeing Nolan in twenty one and uh, Michael Givens in twenty one. That was that was sweet. Um, yeah, dude, dude's just an all around dude, right? Like, can't ask for much more than what he did. Uh, do they retire at the number 21? Like 42. Just quick yes or no. They I would say no just because they haven't yet. It only takes once, right? We are Blake Street Banter. One of us knows what the word banter means. The other two are just along for the ride. Go Rocks! Thank you for watching. Find us on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. You can listen to us on Spotify, Apple's Podcast, or Google Podcast by looking up Blake Street Banter. Thank you.